Greetings, everybody. Hi there. It's Sarah Hanchar here with a brand new episode of Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. My guest today is Cheryl Platts, and we talk about the wonderful, wacky world of Pokemon. Not only is it silly and fun and cute, it also has a lot of really positive messages and nice storytelling and great characters and a lot of really good stuff in there that is more than just the adorable funness of it. As an added bonus, at the end of the episode, you will get to hear about one of the really cool things that Cheryl learned about when she worked at Amazon working with Alexa. Yes, the Alexa, that thing that you talk to. Yes, she worked on that and has some interesting stories to go along with it. So make sure you stay tuned at the end of the episode to hear... Uh, about a minute and a half of some really good content, in my humble opinion. Hey, you know what I could use? Your humble opinion. Or maybe it's a very proud opinion. Or maybe it's sort of like a chill opinion. Or maybe it's a super amped opinion. I don't know. Head on over to iTunes and give me a rating and a review. So that way, hey, I can know what's going on. So five stars on iTunes and a rating would be amazing. And I'd love you forever. Just kidding. I already love you forever. Ha! See how that works? So, but yes, if you can give me five stars, gold stars, thumbs up, ratings, shares, reviews, all that good stuff means the world to me and is absolutely super duper helpful. Don't forget, I am always there for you. You can find me on Facebook, I Think You're Nice, Instagram, I Think You're Nice, occasionally I tweet at I Think You're Nice, and you can always email me at sarah at I Think You're Nice.com. So that's sarah, S A R A H, at I Think You're Nice.com. Yeah, that's me. Hey, that's you. Shall we jump into this episode and get going and have some fun? I think we shall. So go ahead, enjoy, have fun, and love this episode as much as I loved recording it with Cheryl Platts and Pokemon! Hi, I think you're nice. Why, hi, I think you're nice. Let's have a seat and let's have a nice time i think you're nice so let's chat so let's chat so let's chat i think you're nice so let's chat Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. My name is Sarah Hanchar, and today my guest is Cheryl Platts. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Sarah. Hi. That was a good double hand wave. (laughs) Everybody loves physical gags in radio. (laughs) They love it so much. Everyone put both hands up and wave vigorously, because that's what we're doing. Uh, We're going to talk about Pokemon and specifically Pikachu. (laughs) Yay. I have known Cheryl for about four-ish years, um, and every time I hang out with her, I get to learn more and more about her life and her love of Pikachu, which is serious and deep, my friend, and that's why she's here. I would like to apologize ahead of time for my stuffy nose and my occasional nasal-sounding voice. Um, so that's something that's happening to my face it's right now. Just a character now. choice. Just a, char- just a character choice. Um, yay, so let's jump right in. Tell me about... Pokemon, if I were dropped on this earth today and I was like, what is Pokemon? What would you say? I pretend I know everything else about earth. Okay. But <laughs> I just need to know about Pokemon. 
So Pokemon is a fictional universe, and the central conceit is that instead of animals in this universe, we have what are called Pokemon, uh, which abbreviates to er, is the abbreviation of Pocket Monsters. <gasps> Are you kidding me? Did you not? I did not know that. <laughs> it is true. Pocket monsters. <laughs> oh my god, that's some so of the original cute. stuff like that, like that they sold would say pocket monsters, but they're way past that now. So, but it's and and so. Instead of animals, we have pocket monsters. And the reason they call them pocket monsters or the reason that that kind of happened is in this universe, they, there's this relationship between humans and Pokemon. And part of that eventually evolved to become humans capturing these uh, these uh, not animals uh, for friendship or for help or for, in the case of the original series, uh, battle. <laughs> That's pretty intense. <laughs> and specifically, it becomes a rite of passage in this universe that uh, 10 to 12-year-olds go out on their Pokemon journey if they desire to become a Pokemon master or breeder. There's different types. We okay. can get to that. Um, and they go out on their own, sponsored by their parents, to go uh, and <laughs> and make relationships with Pokemon, catch Pokemon, battle Pokemon, and they do so with the aid of a starter Pokemon, which is generally issued by the town crackpot, uh, a professor of some sort who lives in the neighborhood um, and is, it researches Pokemon. Oh my god. I had zero idea about any of that. I mean, I've seen, I've only seen a handful of the cartoons, um, and I love the Pikachu voice actor. And she's so great. She's so great. Tony is just a gift to humanity. The amount of acting she can do with one word. Like, with one word. How does she not have all the awards? I know. Mm. She, um, so I highly recommend just hearing a compilation of her talking in Pikachu, her little Pika voice and all her, all the inflections thereof. Um, and that's just a cartoon. Did this begin as a card game? Did this begin as a cartoon? Does it begin? Do you happen to know that history? I realize now. I I I haven't gone back and like double check my facts, uh -huh. but my understanding has always been that the video game came first. Oh, okay. And then from there, quickly thereafter, the trading card game and the anime occurred. Okay. I believe the trading card game came before the anime. Don't sue me if I've got that wrong. But this is, you know, a little side note. Like, yeah, you and I both it. have a shared background at Disney. Those years goes much deeper than mine. And when I went to Traditions, which is the mm -hmm. orientation there, yeah. they had this wall that said Synergy with, like, pictures of all the different <laughs> Lion King, uh, like, iterations, the cartoon, the, the Broadway musical, the merch. This was really strong synergy. Yeah. And I picture that for some reason. Like this, uh, the video game, the anime became like a manual for the video game. And so each one Got of the it. episodes kind of walked through the same journey that the player went through, the same gyms, meeting the same characters. It exposed the concepts and the gameplay mechanisms in like a narrative way. Um, it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And then that just, then when you go to the game, it feels super familiar. Or if you've played the game, then the, the anime just feels like it's expanding on that universe and adding detail that you couldn't get on a Game Boy, 
which was, you know, pretty rudimentary yeah, at the time. Sure. Uh, you had you had limits as a former game board uh, game developer. I could, there were limits to what kind of storytelling you, you could do on you that. You couldn't thing. do everything. No, you could not, as it turned out. Make all the options happen. <laughs> no, uh, it's storytelling when you can fit like two words on the screen is fairly limited. So the anime <laughs> picked that slack up, and then the trading card game was just kind of a, tr- you know, there was magic was just hitting the, the you know its big stride sure. at the time, and so Pokemon just kind of showed up and actually found similar, not the same success as Magic, but they managed to hit enough of a balance that they've been self-sustaining as well. So all that stuff happens in Japan in like the mid to late 90s, mm-hmm. and it's all self-referencing each other. Like uh, Unlike some properties, like they all paid attention to each other. Like yeah. they, It's not like these silos. It's synergy! Because that happens a lot. So you have like the movie, and then you have a TV show that has nothing to do with the TV or mm-hmm. movie or the game or vi- or you know any of that. So this is all working together, building a beautiful foundation and a really super long story. Although it sounds like the story is pretty similar throughout. So when there's you- this standard hero's journey that continues to repeat through all yeah. of the Pokemon games. The interesting thing also about the anime versus the original games, and there were two. This is another thing about the video games. There's always at least two. <laughs> when they started, there was Pokemon Red and Blue. And there what? were different Pokemon in each. And they what? wanted to encourage you to trade. Uh, <gasps> they were getting into social gaming before that was even a thing. What? Because yeah, really what, deep. What are, we talking, what, what are we talking here? Like 1990-something? Uh, 96 to 98, around that, that era. And they wanted you to either buy both or to have mm-hmm. a buddy and switcheroo? Yeah, yeah. So there's this, you know, they, they pay attention to each other and then they self-reference each other. And the anime ended up influencing the game. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's just always kind of been that way. And, and also, it's an RPG. So if you're not familiar with gaming, a role play it, RPG is a role playing game. And so you play the trainer. You are collecting Pokemon, throwing Pokeballs at them, and then they become part of your collection. And you can pick up to six that come around with you in battle sure. and help you catch other Pokemon and battle gym leaders. So that's the core game mechanic: is you have Pokemon in your party and you battle them. And so unlike a regular RPG where you're leveling yourself up, you're leveling your Pokemon up, and the abilities you're choosing are basically which. Pokemon are in your party at any one time. And there are Pokemon types. I believe there are 18, 17 or 18. I should Holy know that. Crap. I wrote a Alexa skill about that. Trainer tips. Go find it in the App Store. But uh, Whoa! So- <laughs> that, you blew a whole bunch of information past us. Cheryl also has has a has had a boss-ass career where you've done all sorts of amazing things. So you can say things like, my Alexa app and like, I worked in game development and like... That's going to make a lot of people hit the brakes go, wait, what? So real quick, can you talk about what you just said about Alexa? Sure. Um, there, so Alexa, the smart speaker that you can like talk to and stuff, has these skills, which are essentially like apps for voice. Okay. And um, I actually worked on the Alexa design team for a while at Amazon. Which but... is amazing, because so many people have Alexa now. That's bonkers. <laughs> I mean, that's that's totally amazing and bonkers. I that think that's... some of the things I taught her are still in there. Ask her what, like, ask her what business casual means. I had taught her some... <laughs> Fashion stuff is part of one of the products I worked on, which was Echo Look, because no one ever knows. Like, what in, is in those, business what casual? What is business casual stuff? So I found a bunch of uh, like definitions from etiquette books and put them in there. I think she still has them. That's neither here nor there. 
But in my free time, because I'm a nerd, yeah. I made an Alexa skill called Trainer Tips. It's like one of the first thousand skills that got to Alexa. Uh-huh. And it's very simple. It just helps you remember your type matchups, like what's strong against fire or what's weak against grass. So if I'm playing, I don't have to like go find a book and look up the type matchups if I'm, you know, got a DS in my hands or something. Yeah. So Alexa could help you out and like say which, I mean, presumably yes. if it's that's like, still information. Alexa, ask Trainer Tips what's strong against fire, she will give you an answer. Um, So I still use that from time to time. And it also meant that I got to meet a bunch of uh, Pokemon fans at Amazon. Uh They came by my desk and they were like, are you the woman who put together trainer tips? I'm like, I am. They're like, we have a we have a Pokemon get together every month. You want to come? I'm like, yes. And I went, I only ever got to go once because then I left my Amazon shortly thereafter, but they had like suitcases full of trading cards. And these are like adults my age, like suitcases like you would take to Europe full of trading cards. <laughs> uh, and they had like the the uh, Pokken tournament fighting game that had just come out on, I think at the time, the Wii U, which no, I, who had a Wii U? But anyway, like there's this group of adults uh, that, that just like me who had this like sort of almost secret monthly meetup. So that was a lot of fun to go. I was going to say, like, it's like you're the Illuminati or something, <laughs> like the... Pokenati, I don't know. Yeah, Pokenati, that, <laughs> that could work. That could work, but yeah. that, was, that was fun to meet a bunch of... And that's one of the things now that's a gift about Pokemon. I've been a fan since 98. We could talk about how that happened. Yeah. Uh, but, you, you know, it felt like in 2006, or t- 2016, when Pokemon Go came out, yeah. which is a separate game, not directly connected to the Nintendo game, but it has mm-hmm. all the same characters... When that came out, first of all, it was the closest we'll ever get to world peace. Second of all, like, it just felt like all this knowledge that I had for 20 years suddenly became incredibly relevant. Yeah, I didn't even know what to do with myself. I mean, like, what do you, wait, you want to have a conversation with me about Pokemon types now? Like, everybody just kept telling me I was crazy for the past 20 years. And now, <laughs> now I win. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, there's been a real renaissance in the last few years. And it's created this sense of community and this ability yeah. to have conversations with strangers sometimes about uh, this this shared desire, and that's a whole like there, that's a whole other hour of conversation. Just the launch of Pokemon Go in and of itself. So. Yeah, let's jump into Pokemon Go right now, just because um, we're talking about it, and I I am a I know nothing uh, or knew nothing. I know marginally smidgen more than nothing regarding Pokemon. Um, but Patrick, he downloaded the game. He's like, I think you're really going to like this. He's like, they're cute little monsters. And I love monsters. I love monsters are my thing. Big, scary monsters, cute little monsters. I think it's, I think dogs and cats, it's like, we have small monsters that we keep in our house, like these furry beasts with teeth and just, they're just so cute and we love them, but they're monsters nonetheless. So we got, he got me into it and I remember we got battery packs like to (laughs) extend the life of our phones because we were burning them out. Like I would visit him on lunch breaks. I was a dog walker at the time. So I was like going to Pokestops. Oh, you must have been killing I was hatching eggs left. Left and right. Um, <laughs> and again, for folks uh, maybe who don't know the game, it was a game that you play on your phone uh, where your phone did uh, AR, augmented reality, where you could see within your phone um, 
these Pokemon. So you'd see these little cartoon monsters around your neighborhood, and that was your goal to catch them and to, uh, like you mentioned earlier, you're leveling them up, making them stronger, and then battling each other. I didn't really battle very much. I mostly... Well, the Pokemon Go wasn't built for battling. I mean, it sort of was, especially early on, though. It was kind of an accessory to the core game, which was just collection. Yes, and and Pokemon Go, the gameplay has changed a lot. And okay, I I you know I'm a gamer. I'm kind of like half role playing gamer, half casual gamer. But um, I've always had a lot of respect for the way the Pokemon game was designed and the way it's evolved over time. Oh yeah, how, um, how and so? and I feel like Pokemon Go will start backwards. Like Pokemon Go. Um, they shipped kind of like the minimum product they had to, which was cute monsters that you could cute collect. Cute monsters that you can go catch, and it was so fun. And they had gyms, but it was really kind of basic. And over time, they really ramped that up. So the way the game's changed since those first months, now they have something called raids, where a giant, <gasps> powerful Pokemon descends what? upon a gym. What? Yeah. And then you can't beat that Pokemon alone. You need like <gasps> 8 to 18 people all battling it at the same time. Holy crap. And this is brilliant because it, it, that community sense that you had earlier yeah. in, in like 2016, now you get that regularly where people are descending upon a specific location at a specific time and they are battling like Mewtwo or Zapdos or one of these big... Uh, and now they've got so many legendary Pokemon, which is... That's a whole other bag of discussion. But uh, <laughs> and so they ramped up the you know, over time so that you had this really intense community element now you can trade Pokemon, and they just, this month, released a buddy Pokemon mode where you can become friends. You used to be able to walk around okay. with a buddy Pokemon. Now you can, like, bring them out in AR and pet them and give them berries. <gasps> and uh, yeah, and they'll walk around if they're happy with you. They'll follow you around on the map, and you can oh, see them there. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, so they're brilliantly just adding stuff and adding stuff and adding stuff, and they... They have, it's, to the outside observer, it seems slow, but as someone who's worked in game development, I'm like, they're taking their time so they don't mess anything up along the way. And they've somehow managed to do a pretty admirable job, given that they're really the first company to ever successfully attempt augmented reality gaming at scale. So yeah, cheers to them for for breathing new life into Pokemon in a completely different way. It's a totally different style of gameplay than the RPGs you play on the Nintendo consoles. And then that's one of the things about Pokemon. There's been so many different types of games in this universe because it is so rich. Yeah. Um, and and you could just, you could go on forever. So And we shall. We, we shall, shall go, we shall on, go forever. on forever. <laughs> I want to mention that uh, Cheryl is wearing her uh, Pikachu earrings that have the, his little lightning bolt tail in the back and, of the ear. And then her shirt that has, what's his name? Pikachu and uh, I mean it's Ash no, with Pikachu Ash. I think or a generic trainer there that's supposed to be Ash like <laughs> and I got my Pokemon Go Plus um a wrist in case I go out Pokemon hunting later with yeah yeah and the sunflower on your head that has little Pikachu's little mm-hmm. face in there mm-hmm. so you can make. Pikachu and Pokemon, your head to toe yeah. fashion. This if you is, want to. This is me looking like a normal adult. There's some photos of me that have gone even further than this. Oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah. This, I've got a Pikachu trucker hat. I have at least three <laughs> different Pikachu winter hats. Um, I have three or four different Pikachu scarves. Like mm-hmm. one kind of looks like a normal person's scarf. Uh-huh. Or Pokemon. It's a Pokemon scarf. It's got like Pikachu, but also Charmander and, and Squirtle and stuff. But it's also got like these leaves and things. So from afar, you're like. 
like, oh, that's a nice floral scarf. And then, um, and then you kind of like reposition it and you're like, <gasps> and I was, I was giving a talk in Japan earlier this year and I wore that scarf, not uh-huh. on stage, but afterwards, um, I was wearing it around the conference center. And one of the volunteers was like, um, I forget, she kind of, I forget exactly. Oh, she said, I, she introduced herself and she said, I am the person on Twitter with the Pikachu uh, emote that just messaged you. And I'm like, oh, really? Pikachu? And I pulled my scarf so that you could see it was Pokemon and not uh-huh. random. And she lost it. It was amazing. <laughs> and she's like, oh, why? I'm like, I know, I know. Um, and then she introduced me to some of her friends who were also Pokemon, Pikachu fans, but they didn't speak English. So we just stood around a cell phone looking at photos of Detective Pikachu. And it's the universal language, really. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We covered, well, we kind of covered, we're basically just fangirling out hard. We've, like, we've kind of covered a lot of a the video game of, atmosphere and a little bit of the business side. <laughs> a little, and a little bit. So I guess my question is, when did you first jump into it? Were you there from the beginning? Were you there, um, was a game what you were interested in since you were, you were a gamer at a young age, I presume? I was a gamer at a young age, and I was a Nintendo gamer at a young age, but I came at Pokemon a little bit backwards. So uh, Pokemon came out in the States around 97, mm-hmm. which is right when I was getting ready to leave for college. And so I was very much like, I was, there was a lot, and there was the interviewing and the stuff and deciding between the schools. Yeah, the stress um, of all that is and crazy. It, so I there was a lot I missed during that period of time, and Pokemon, the initial launch, was one of them. And so I came home from... Carnegie Mellon from my freshman year for holiday break. And my brother, my little brother Kyle, uh, had gotten into Pokemon during that time. And so what he got for Christmas was a... Ooh, a visual aid! Yeah, uh, and he has some audio, so it's not entirely just teasing everyone on air. But um, they, they they had this interactive Pikachu doll. Uh-huh! In, and he didn't... I keep his box out so I can turn the, the mm-hmm. off and on switch, but he's even cuter when the box is in there. But uh, you, you squeeze his... Is he on first? Make sure he's on because it's anticlimactic otherwise. So he... Um, you squeeze his hand and he would make these little Pikachu sounds. And the thing was, it wasn't just... And so his cheeks light up and at the time, like, his mouth opened and it, like, moved mm-hmm. and his ears moved... And so it's this cute, I, so I've always adored cute things. Mm-hmm. And there are several cute things that I've been particularly obsessed with. Yeah. One of them was the, oh, see, this is a thing he does. He does this emotionally manipulative crying if you don't pay, because no. he's not just interactive, like he's on. And then like he can tell if sometimes if light's been, like if he sees light and movement, he'll interact. Uh-huh. If you leave him alone for a long time, he'll make that sad crying sound. You're like, no, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Attention the to baby. Oh, he's so cute. God. Uh, so this he's thing so cute. shows up. I take a quick picture of him. And I love him. He is so cute. Right? He shows up. My brother has this. And I'm like, I, as I was saying, I was obsessed with Rainbow Bright's little twink, uh, which had bright red cheeks, mm-hmm. like Pikachu. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Big Bird. Uh, I'm also a huge Muppet fan. And that goes back like to when I was six months old. Sure. Big yellow thing. And mm-hmm. I was obsessed with bunnies. And so Twink plus Bunny plus Big Bird equals this thing, which is talking and making all these sounds. And I, my brother unpacks and it was like the whole world went away. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, mind you, I'm like a seven. I guess I was finally 18 years old at that point. Mm-hmm. It just turned into like, what, I like Kyla was opening other presents, and I just like took it, and I'm like, hi. I, I, I just like carried it around. <laughs> and so the next day, like we went to Franklin Mills in Pennsylvania, and my mm-hmm. mom got me one of these so Kyle could have his back. How old um, was your brother at the time? Uh, I think he's seven years younger than me, so he would have been like 11 or so. Okay, right in right in the sweet he spot. He was three, and I took his toy from him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then I was like, okay, well, what is this thing? Like, what? And I started looking into it. I'm like, oh, there's a game. Okay. okay. Oh, he's so... Oh, it's doing the things. I didn't turn him off. But, um, no, but I like his I know, commentary. His commentary is good. It's very good. Um, so I started looking at the game, and I got the game, and I really liked the game. It was like, oh. And I, it kind of helped me because I had not been playing games for a while. I'd been so obsessed with mm-hmm. this, like college. I'm like, oh, I do need a, a release. And this yeah. is my release. So I had my Game Boy Advance, and I was playing. I, I timed it just so, so I could get the yellow version of, of uh-huh. the original Pokemon. So that was my first. So it also had the advantage of me being able to see Pikachu in game a lot um, and from there, it's, I know, I'm, we're doing a podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that it just kind of went from there. It spiraled. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just continued to, then we got the trading card game. Then I got my my boyfriend at the time into Pokemon. We bought, like, shoeboxes full of trading cards. We got, He does this. Like, What's it's, he say? He said, Pika, Pika. He's like, it's like a baby. He coos and stuff. It's just, like, oh how was I supposed to resist this level? They were so good at being cute. Oh, yeah. God. Once, it, and it has this weight to it because of the battery pack. And once in college, I left it near the heater. And I picked it up, and it was, like, a warm. warm. Like, and he's making the moving. And I'm like, he's alive for a minute. Oh, my God. He's a real baby. And all my friends at the time thought this was some weird, like, late puberty phase I was going through. They're like, you're going to, this is going to pass. Just wait. And it's like, yeah, you wait. And I'm here to tell you that I win that argument. So, yeah, you sure do. I sure do. Uh, so that was how I got into it was this doll first and that then playing the games. Uh, the and game. and then the games were great. And so then we... And there's one other game I want to mention in my... Because <laughs> Pikachu, I also have to thank for uh, some critical career successes for me. Really? <laughs> and I know this sounds strange, but there was... I'm going to turn him off now because okay. we'll, like, literally... Never I just, stop talking like, to the baby. Yeah, we'll never talk. He's a very good baby. Uh, <laughs> so, in, so I went to Carnegie Mellon undergrad, graduated. Everything had gone to crap because it was, you know, September 11th had just happened. No oh, one was dang, hiring. Yeah. So I went, spent a year in grad school there at the Entertainment Technology Center. And I was in this co- class, uh, this storytelling class, and I did... Um, Backing up a little bit, there was a video game on the Nintendo 64. I have the Pikachu version that's not relevant right now. But, okay. Uh, on the N64, there's a game called Hey You Pikachu. Hey You Pikachu. Yes. And it came with a special peripheral. You plugged it in in one of the controller ports, and it was a microphone. And so you could talk to Pikachu in this game. And my brother, this was another one of the cases where I came home and my brother had this game and I'm like, what is that? Where do you keep getting these wonderful toys? And so like, you can literally be like, Pikachu, and he comes to you and you can like tell him to go get a thing. And uh, like it had a very limited set of words that it supported, but it like, I am at this point rapidly approaching drinking age and I'm interacting sure. with this game and I am, I am 
immediately struck by how emotionally affecting it was to have this conversation with this character that I liked, even if it was just a few words. Um, and that voice recognition technology yeah. in that game uh, lit a whole path that that continued that continues to this day in my career. Yeah, um, I had never really interacted with anything in that way before, but that emotional uh, like beat stuck with me. And so in grad school, I wrote like a full on paper about the hero's journey of Hey You Pikachu and that that whole <laughs> relationship you had. But then fast forward. Um, later in my video game career, when I was in charge of a game called Disney Friends, um, I was in charge of the pitch to Disney, and it was a Nintendo DS exclusive title, and they were like, well, we want to do something with Disney characters, what do you want to do? And so I pitched this game, which was basically Hey You Pikachu plus Nintendogs plus Disney characters. And so it's I was like, going to say, do you have the little characters that went with... You, you, like, went to their space and you talked to them? Yeah. And, yeah. Did you play it? I didn't play it, but I had friends who played it. Oh, my God. I that's I'm the first name in the credits. That's my oh game. Oh, my God. That's my game. Dude, that's so cool. <laughs> and and the, Pikachu, uh, like, that gave me a lot of the answers, because I had been making other video games, and like, what do you want to make? And the Nintendo DS, I had been on a launch title for it. It had voice support, but nobody was doing anything with it, so we were all like, hey, what if we... What if you could talk to Disney characters the way I could talk to Di Pikachu yeah. and, and Hey You Pikachu? Uh, and so that legit, that's what we did. And so we had this 20 or 25 word grammar for each of the characters. So you could say like to Stitch Ohana and he would reply, you know, Ohana means family. And you could. Yes. Um, and that I learned so much from that experience about sort of the core of voice recognition stuff that it gave me experience I was later able to channel into working on natural language voice systems later on, Windows Automotive, which led to Alexa, which led to me writing a book right now about multimodal systems. And so you could trace that all back. All back. To Hey You Pikachu. To Hey You Pikachu. I, well, I do want to commend you for noticing, like, what made it so special. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because a lot of people are probably just like, wow, that was cool. Boop, 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 boop. But it's like emotionally effective to talk, yeah. to speak to things. I'll share a story. Uh, bless my lead programmer, Bill Harding. I like to tell this uh, story a lot. So if you're out there, hey, Bill. Hi, Bill. Uh, uh, but... He, I walked. I was walking past his office, and he was trying to. Uh, he was trying to debug the game, and he was trying to. And, and he needed to debug the "I love you" stitch interaction. And uh -huh. so I was walking past his office, and he leans over to the device on his desk, and as close as he could possibly get, goes, "I love you, Stitch." Uh, and and like and I don't think he knows anyone's watching him, but he's like trying to be super low key about uh -huh. it, and it doesn't work because you can't whisper into the Nintendo DS and have it recognize yeah, no. voice. This is not a sophisticated system. Uh, so then he presses the button again. He goes, "I love you," and and again it doesn't work. And so finally he's like he says it in a kind of normal voice, "I love you, Stitch." And what I learned from watching Bill uh, struggle with this, I had this idea like, "Wow, like this, even when no one's watching." It, it affects us in a way that we can be embarrassed by expressing an emotion, like, verbally. Like, it's just yeah. different than saying, clicking a button, I love you, no problem. The minute we're forced to say it, even if we don't think people are watching, that affects us very deeply, just as I was affected deeply by being able to ask Pikachu to come to me. And yeah. we tested, we ended up having to implement an, an alternative to I love you for boys, because the game was both for, like, seven-year-old boys and girls. And so we had friend. If you'd yeah. say, like, Stitch, you're my friend. Okay. And, and so that boys would didn't have to like. I love you, Stitch. I love you, Stitch. Oh, but it's <laughs> but, okay to love things. It is, but and that's 
that brings us back to Pokemon. I'm going to transition there because you said it's okay to love things. And one of the things I really loved about the anime, and watching it now, it still holds up, is how it battles toxic masculinity. Oh, really? And it always has. Like, Ash, I mean, Ash is cocky, Mm -hmm. but he and Pikachu develop a real emotional bond over time. Like, they show Ash crying first season several times. Like, yeah. over, like he releases his Butterfree to go be in love and have a life and stuff, and he's super sad about it. There's an episode, it's a bit of a spoiler, but in the first season, it's called Pikachu's Goodbye. And if, imagine you're a child okay. in 1998, and uh-huh. you see the summary of the next thing in the TV guide, and it says the episode is Pikachu's Goodbye. Oh, no! Right? That's a journey Where's right in and going? of itself. Right? And so they, they find... Uh, a grove of wild Pikachus. (gasps) And Pikachu meets them, and at first they're scared of him, but then Pikachu saves one of their babies, Uh and they all accept him, and there's this scene at night where they're all having a a ceremony for the moon, and they're singing, Pika Pikachu. There's a whole song. I know it. It's fine. There's a whole Uh, song! Pikachu. It's a whole song. It's adorable. And then... um, Ash witnesses this and decides that Pikachu would be better off with these wild Pikachus. So he tries to, like, tell Pikachu that, you know, it's goodbye and, you know, you're going to be better off here and I'm going to move on. And so he, like, says, you know, kind of Uh plays the tough guy to Pikachu and then, like, runs away crying uh, because he's trying to do the right thing for Pikachu. And he thinks that this... And then, you know, of course, beat, beat. Uh, Pikachu comes tearing after him uh, and and they get reunited and everything. But, you know, this is a cartoon. <sighs> that was a lot. It was a lot. This is a cartoon. And this is, like, first season. Like, and then the next episode, they all nearly drown. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> like, that middle part of the first season oh is a God. journey. Like, they, they are in a shipwreck. They sink to the bottom of the ocean and everyone thinks they're dead and there's, a, like, a gun salute for them. Whoa! And they have to escape. Like, it's a... The, the, the first season of po- Pokemon... The po- stakes are through the it's roof! Very, like, and that's the middle of the freaking season. And they haven't even gotten to the Pokemon League yet. But there's this, you know... I and and it, it continues again and again throughout the series. This, like for example, one of the two other people, Ash has two traveling partners. One of them's named Brock, and one of them's named Misty. Brock is a boy, Misty's a girl. Brock was the gym leader of the the rock gym. Like he's like a guy's guy. He's like you know. He's I remember kind of him manly being man. like yeah, more beefy, meat heady. And yet. In the first episode where we're meeting Brock, uh-huh. we we folks are trying they're they're trying to get at like why Brock is so like hard and tough, and they follow him home, and he's taking care of his like nine siblings because they're orphans. Oh, and Brock! And he's got an apron on, and he's vacuuming, and he's taking care of them, and like. Uh, and oh. and Brock is oh and this wasn't just a one off like that's core to Brock when he decides to go around with Ash and Misty mm-hmm. like he's constantly cooking and caring he wants to be a Pokemon breeder who is kind of like you know raises Pokemon as opposed to battling them yeah again right in the core battling toxic masculinity providing yeah. other models like there are certainly Ash's rival Gary total like yeah I'm gonna win I'm the best hey ladies kind of thing. <laughs> 
But okay. Ash is not that. And then the Misty, like, Misty, the girl, she's also in charge of a Pokemon gym. So she was mm-hmm. never, like, in many ways, she was always stronger than Ash and never, like, second fiddle to him. And even though there was a little bit of will they, won't they, like, it wasn't uh-huh. about their relationship. It was at least not, you know, like, it was friendship, yes. But, yes. like, it wasn't about, like, her having a crush on him or anything. And this yeah. is all in a kid's cartoon in the late 90s. Yeah. Um, so they've always, like, I have a very soft spot, as you might imagine, in, for the anime in my heart because, like, it. there's a lot there. <laughs> I I love... I love when cartoons or stuff that's for young people that I sound like a million years old that can that is really good entertainment is really fun it has great you know just like we're silly it's a fun time but also it's like BT dubs low key nice messages yeah and I mean yes battling the Pokemon is a little problematic it but sure is it sure is <laughs> and but I will say that it's drilled in again and again that. Ash's success is because he's friends with this Pokemon and not because he's drilling him into the ground like he yeah. does it because theoretically according to the show they consent to the battle they want to participate mm-hmm. um, and he finds ways to let them kind of do it their own way yeah. as opposed to trying to impose his will on them uh, but then you know Pikachu he just tries so freaking hard all the time he's all heart he is you know again a little bit of a spoiler but Ash doesn't typically win like the Pokemon League, like okay. in the end they fall short, but that's okay. And like Pikachu, like they all they have moments that wow, they that's fall a, short. That's huge. <laughs> the fact that your hero, your lead, is not always crushing and winning and yeah. doing the best. There's, there's only been now. There's been twice out of all the seasons, and there have been dozens uh-huh. that that he's won the major thing that he's going after. Many times he makes it to like the semifinals or does it, you know, or something. Wow. But he never like. And, and that's okay. And then they kind of deconstruct that. And they're like, we'll get stronger next time. And everybody tried really hard and you did your best. And, and oh my God. I had no idea. It's really great. <laughs> I, watched, I watched it a little bit when I first was getting into the Pokemon Go. I'm like, oh, there's a whole world of cute monsters. And so I got into it and then I fell out of it. But I got to get back into it again. The first because... season with all of this drama is available to you on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, the Indigo League season. Like, they, you get most of what you need to know about the Pokemon universe from that. And, and like, admittedly, there have been dozens of seasons since then. Not all of them are pulling the heavy narrative weight that that first season pulled. Yeah. Um, the first two seasons are really good uh, and fun. And then it gets a little fillery over time, but there's still some really great moments. Um, and the characters kind of evolve. Another random fact I'm going to share with you, uh, also from the first season, but uh, Pikachu, they... Ketchup's big in uh, Japanese culture, right? Like, on omelets mm-hmm. and stuff. And so Pikachu, they get omelets one morning, and Pikachu discovers ketchup and falls instantly in love. And he steals the bottle of ketchup from the restaurant. <laughs> okay. This is that, the episode, I think, is Showdown at the Poke Corral. But he steals the... The uh, Poke Pika- Corral! Yeah, yeah, that's... It's a whole... This is all... Outstanding. <laughs> and so he steals the, the bottle of ketchup. And so for the next part of the initial episode. He's walking around very proudly with his bottle of ketchup, squeezing little tiny beads of ketchup out and then licking them out. Uh Very happy with himself, just licking ketchup off his bottle until they get to the Poke Corral and this crazy scyther uh, attacks the party and cuts Pikachu's ketchup (gasps) bottle and and it sprays everywhere and it has two purposes. A, this makes the scyther even matter because it makes his eyes vision red because of the ketchup and so that's a plot point, but also Pikachu is in like... 
there's this whole like journey because he's like heartbroken and his big shiny eyes and then he's really pissed about the like there's this (laughs) this whole arc like Pikachu loves ketchup and then like just a few years ago Pokemon XY season in Japan only for some reason because they hate me the the closing animation (laughs) is I shit you not a garden full of Pikachu summoning a ketchup tree with their song what and I, they, the video was on YouTube for a while, and I would watch it on repeat because it was one of the cheer, most cheerful, amazing things I had seen. And now it's no longer there, and I am heartbroken. Oh, if anyone no. has a bootleg copy of that a, a, a Pokemon XY ending thing from Japan and want to send it, that that would make me very happy because that is good stuff. I or exchange money for the cert. Like I will gladly exchange money for that clip. I don't know how to get it, but Pikachu's yeah. summoning a ketchup tree with song. I. You, I, what I also am, am loving about your passion about all this, everything is real kooky. It's real kooky and real weird. And I'm so thrilled because not enough stuff is kooky and weird. Like, I like that. Does it make sense? A hundred percent? No. Nah. No, mm. but why should it? The Pokemon or little Pikachus love ketchup. And so they're going to summon a ketchup tree <laughs> like some sort of, like some sort of conjurers. Yep. yep. And, and if you like kooky and weird, going back beyond Pikachu to Pokemon, we started out with 150 or 151 monsters, depending on when you want to count it. And now we're at like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. There's some weird effing Pokemon because, real, real you know, crazy. we're reaching the edges of human consciousness now. <laughs> like... There's one called Milkery, which is just the concept of milk. It's like a, it's just like a blob of milk. And, it's a and concept. Like of I don't milk? know. It's just like a blob of milk. It's not like a bottle or anything. It's just, bleh, it's some milk. Uh, it's there's uh, there's a Pokemon called Giraffe Rig, which is like half giraffe, half Bobomb, or like Chain Chomp from from Mario. Like I don't even know. It's but chain it has chomp. a t- it has a chain with like a. Like a Pac-Man chompy thing at the end, the on, the head. Back, on the back end. I mean, Mr. Mime is just an abomination unto, unto humanity, uh, especially in Pokemon Go. That animation is very disturbing. But there's lots of really weird. Um, Mr. Mime. Does it look like a person in Mime, or is he black and white? Or he's not black and white. Does he look like a person? Is a very complicated question that oh. I'm not sure I can answer. <laughs> he just looks like wrong. And it's an uncanny valley. Yeah, sort a little of? bit, especially like when we get into the Detective Pikachu movie, and okay. like once we start getting into more three D rendering as opposed to sprites, you're like, mm, no, that should not exist. Okay. No, <laughs> that's a hard no for me. Oh my god! Well, I never even asked you. So why Pikachu? His name means Lightning Mouse or something, right? Uh, it's like yeah, Lightning Mouse or Sparkle Mouse or something like that. I mean, that's. It, it, I mean, it was always he was first before I even discovered Pokemon. Like he, yeah. I imprinted on him, like it, you know, that's true. Something you hatching out of an him. egg, and so it's it's never. But but you know, the more I watched, the more I was like, he tries hard. He's yeah. also the Pikachu in the series is a badass. Like, he's overpowered, and that's why Team Rocket chases him all the time. Like, he can destroy worlds. <laughs> like, But he's so cute. But he's so cute. But he can destroy exactly. worlds. Exactly. So, and so as a lady in technology, I'm like, it also felt like it was speaking to me a yeah. little bit. Like, d- people don't expect him to mm-hmm. be that powerful. I'm so glad you found him. Thank you, younger brother. What was your little brother's name? Kyle. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle's great. Aww. He also streams on Twitch. Fast go to gamer. Go check him out. He's good. People. Okay. <laughs> 
stream on Twitch is Muppet Aphrodite, so you should go see that if you want to see me playing with puppets and talking to myself on Sunday mornings uh, before playing Pokemon. So your dedication to this is so true. Your wedding. Tell us about your wedding, Cheryl. Well, I'm a nerd, so we had a nerd wedding. Um, but uh, <laughs> we did get engaged at Disney World. But I remember the next morning, my husband and I woke up, and uh, he was like, uh, you know, Pikachu should be our ring bearer. I'm like, you said that. Not me. It's canon now. <laughs> and I kind of, but then, you know, things were busy and stuff. And, and but then it came around that I realized that uh, a dear friend of ours, Ian Shemp, actually, and their, and the Shemp family and their son, Liam, mm-hmm. um, uh, Katie had, Shemp had made a, a Pikachu costume for their son. And so I called him up and I'm like, you're coming to the wedding anyway, but yeah. is Liam still into wearing the costume? Uh, they like they're like we'd have to alter a little, but let's see. And he was he was into it. So Liam wore a Pikachu costume. We put the rings in a Pokeball, gave them to Liam, and he walked the rings down the aisle in the Pokeball. Um, and we, I choose you was in our vows. Let me. So uh, luckily, I found the right gentleman. It's the first night that I invited my husband over, now husband over to my home. Um, everything happened kind of quickly, and he he was driving over from the show we were both in. And as I heard his truck coming up the the. Uh, ramp, I realized, oh God, all the Pikachus. I didn't didn't do anything to like hide them or like try to be chill or like that Love Actually scene where she shoves her teddy bears under the table. None of that. Like I hadn't, there was no, because like, oh, okay, we're just going to deal with this right now. Like, okay. Out loud Turns out, you know, he's a similar sort of nerd to me. So, so that wasn't a deal breaker. So fast forward, Pikachu is the ring bearer. I choose you in the vows. Um, Also, I, um, he, Pikachu and Catbus were on the invitation, uh, like the save the day card, and um, each of the table cards, because I do some, like, I'm not, I don't consider myself an artist, but it's part of my training as a designer, and so I had hand-drawn uh, digitally for each of the tables, because I worked on cars at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a different form of transportation, a nerdy transportation like Millennium Falcon or TARDIS, and then I had cosplaying Pikachu and Catbus pictures for that form of transportation. So if it was the TARDIS, it was like Pikachu dressed as Doctor Who. Um, If it was like the the DeLorean, it was like, I think Pikachu was wearing a doc or Marty's vest vest. and, uh, and cat bus had like the doc Brown crazy hair, Uh, the Millennium Falcon one. It was a Yoda bus and Pikachu was Jedi. Uh Uh, The Star Trek one, it was Pikachu was Kirk and uh, cat bus was Spock. Uh, so we had, I drew these, like, nerdy table cards uh, uh, for all of the, that, that had them both there. So we just, you know, we kind of, we leaned into that. And Pikachu really? kept us are also in, all, in, in our engagement photos, too. So have you yourself ever p- participated in the Pokemon events, like at the gyms or? Oh, yeah, we at- do gym raids and things like that. Okay. And, um, I have this curse, which is that if anyone I introduce Pokemon to will eventually surpass me at it, but, like, for whatever okay. reason. Like, one of my exes, I introduced him to the, the Game Boy game, and he literally ca- caught them all. I was like, what? How did you? I don't even have the pain. What did you do? Uh, like, I've introduced several dear friends to Pokemon, and they've surpassed me in level because I was, like, recovering from surgery during major events and things. But uh, I do, have gone on many raids with friends and, and done many Pokewalks. Because that's one of the beautiful things about Pokemon Go specifically. Yeah. I don't have a ton of friends who play the RPG a ton. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mostly my internet friends or my little brother. But, like, quote unquote, real life all the time friends. There's a lot of folks who play Pokemon Go enough, as you probably know yourself. Sure. Uh, that you'll, you'll go out on those walks. It'll give you a, a, a quote unquote excuse to go be physical and yeah. do things. And so I've definitely 
recently uh, participated in Pokemon Go events. I've also, like, you know, they've had various little events in the Puget Sound area for, like, various anniversaries and things like that. Like, the 10th anniversary went down and got my po- picture, picture with Pikachu and got some merch and Aww. stuff. Um, you know, I'll visit their booth whenever I'm at a, you know, San Diego Comic-Con or, or Emerald City or whatever and go. They had Pikachu again at Emerald City Comic-Con this year, so definitely went and got my picture again with them. I went to the Pokemon Cafe in Japan. <gasps> um and the Pokemon Center in Japan, which is, like, mecca. It's just so um, everything I like. Um, and I had the honor of being invited to go speak in Japan this year. And so, like, all the other speakers are like, we're going to go out for dinner. I'm like, I have reservations at the Pokemon Cafe. So you guys have fun. I'm going to go do that. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's definitely meant for children. It's not meant for, uh, you know, <laughs> millennials without kids, but there we are. Um, <laughs> it, well, what are you going to do? What you are you going to do? Uh, there's a lovely go. photo of me, like, in the outfit I wore to go speak in. Uh-huh. Uh, with, you know, and hair, but with, like, a Pikachu paper hat and, like, a Zapdos uh, drink and my Pikachu curry. So you're uh, all it's, dressed all the food up. is like little peak Pokemon dioramas and stuff, yeah. and uh, you know, and they had Chef. Uh, they said Chef Evie come out. They had like, of course, they have unique like Chef Pikachu and like waiter Pikachu dolls and everything like that. So we went to the Pokemon oh Cafe, went to the Pokemon store, bought a lot of stuff. Went to the Pokemon store in Kyoto for the first time this year. Got beautiful Pikachu in a in a, a kimono, which was emotional for me because I could never buy her online at first, and I really wanted her. And then I got to yeah. go buy her in person. <gasps> So the Pokemon Center's just got, like, if you like Pokemon even a little bit, that's a very dangerous place to be. Just in case listeners are confused, you're not going and speaking about Pokemon. You're going and speaking. You're going and speaking on behalf of the Gates Foundation. No, actually, I'm not speaking on behalf of the Gates Foundation. Not yet, anyway. Um, I have my own company called IdeaPlatz where I do design education, uh, which is um, mostly teaching people how to do things like voice design, because it turns out... Uh, Pikachu helped me get to the cutting edge of my industry. And so there were a bunch of people like, how the hell did you do the things that you did? I'm like, oh, Pikachu. Okay. And, well, the, and he does make an appearance in one or two of my decks. But, Thank goodness. Uh, but in general, uh, yeah, so it's teaching things like, uh, how do you do voice design? How do you deliver that to someone else? Um, okay. How do we change the way we work on technology so that we ideally uh, do not kill people with our AI? Like, what are the <laughs> what are the ways Shoot. we change? Yes. That was the talk I just gave in Colombia. Was like uh, something. Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. But yes, I do a bunch of that. And then next year, I'll be giving talks in support of my book, Design Beyond Devices, which is coming out in 2020. Oh my God, Cheryl! Shit, we have so much that we can talk about in the future. I already asked you about has it influenced your life or life events, and you mentioned your wedding. Is yeah. there anything else like that that comes springs to mind? I mean, that's a pretty big deal. It was it was certainly the biggest. I mean, it's certainly helped me meet a lot of strangers and, and made some easier times while I'm traveling. I think. Uh, it's been nice for me. We don't have kids, and we're not going to be able to have any. But um, mm-hmm. I, my goddaughters, I was babysitting them last year, and I made the was like, it's time. <gasps> yeah. So I, I started pulled up the original series and started showing it to my goddaughters, and uh, bless them, they took to it. They like one of them got a very sunny personality, chose Pikachu. The other one kind of took to Meowth, that it's just a funny uh, sort of manifestation of their relationship with each other and their yeah. little different personalities. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'll ever be like as obsessed with it as me, although maybe. I remember when I was hardcore into the Beatles, I sat down my little three-year-old 
cousin, Rachel, and I'm like, John has glasses. Which one is John? <laughs> I love it. The storybook thing. <laughs> it was it was the uh Ringo is sad. The the He's pamphlet sad. of um uh Sergeant Peppers. Mm. So I took out, you know, the liner notes and I'm like, okay, who's wearing blue? And like, poor thing. Uh, Her mother let it happen. So shout out for Cindy for letting me spread my Beatles craziness. Cindy and Vicky and those moms who tolerate the cool ants and their various obsessions. Yeah. 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 I still travel with, fun fact, I always travel with at least one Pikachu. Of course. I can't can't imagine that you wouldn't. I have one. It's evolved to be this one we call Pokeball Pikachu because it converts back into a Pokeball, which makes it a little easier to travel with. Little nugget. Um, He's pretty, like, he's he's been around. Like, he's been to, like, (laughs) 23 countries. (laughs) He's been on literal safari with me in Africa. But so he's, like, not as fresh as a daisy as he used to be. And I've had to, like, kind of mend him once or twice to make the Pokeball still close. But, like, he was out in the Bahamas with us a week or two ago and nice. wearing the, a little Santa hat stuff, taking pictures for Instagram. So there's always, and my husband has a little cat bus. So we, we're we nerds like all the time. Like it's not something we, we perform just for podcasts and for oh. weddings. We're just, deep it's always nerd is there. there. Yeah. I'm often deep nerd for big storytelling as a lot of nerds are. And so like yeah. to, to that point, like the first season of Pokemon spoke to that, that to me. Yeah. In addition to the cute things. Like, not only did you come up with the mathematical equation for the cutest thing ever, yeah. then you went and put a story behind it. Well done, madams well, and sirs and non-binaries of all ages. Yeah. worked on it. Well um, done. You know, I have this theory. Disney buys almost everything that I love. Like, you know, things like uh, the Muppets and Star Wars. And fun fact, the Pokemon anime currently airs on the Disney network. <gasps> does it really? It does. I have a theory that those two things will merge at some point. Like, that's just mine. But if it happens in several years, y'all can hear that I called that here. That yeah, Disney went by here, Pokemon. today. Because they like good storytelling and lots of characters. And they are already, like, really interested in Ghibli. Like, they, they run all the, the American translations for all the Studio Ghibli movies, mm-hmm. like the Totoro. But I don't know. You know, it just seems like the kind of thing they would go after sometime. And I like it, so they'll probably put that eventually. <laughs> It's only a matter of time <laughs> until the Disney no, just one stop shopping. Just do all the fandom in one place. Yeah. yeah, it's all there. Well, are there any other thoughts you have regarding the Pokemon Empire? Have you been happy with the, your, the Pokemon journey that you've been on so far? I mean, it's been... I, it, it's been more, better than I possibly could have expected that not only did they land, like, they managed to keep it alive, because they overexposed it. In the 90s, you know, they pushed too hard, mm-hmm. or maybe that was their goal. Like, Pikachu was everywhere, Pokemon was everywhere, there was fatigue, they had to pull back. But they managed to pull back without killing it. They kept the quality of the games high, mm-hmm. a high standard, and kept the franchise alive long enough that this whole Pokemon Go thing could happen. Yeah. And now, I mean, I forget if it was, like, Newsweek or, like, Huffington Post or something, but, like, they're like, long live Pokemon. It's just coming. <laughs> it's a thing, and it's really mainstream, and everybody likes it. And, like, it wasn't like that ten years ago. And I love that. It, it's just kind of here to stay now. I, I um, And I have confidence that it will. And I think it's a net positive. Like, there's a lot that's been done correctly in, in there. And I hope they continue to do that, to, to continue to maintain the the through line that, like, it's not always about winning. It is about yeah. friendship. Um, there's this whole variety. Like, the, the most recent game, there's a lot to like about it. It pushes more of a natural exploration angle. There's, like, camping in it. 
um, worth time in like wild areas, which again, modeling behavior to kids, like they see that do this in games, maybe they will want to do more themselves. Um, and the, the user interface has gotten a lot better with the Switch version, which to me, as a user experience designer, yeah. I'm like, they finally moved the Pokeballs out of the menu when you're fighting a Pokemon. This is big, <laughs> everyone. It's big. Uh, so there's stuff like that. So they, like, they're clearly paying attention. There's some weird, they're always going to try weird stuff, too. I don't know if you, there was yeah. a, there was a press conference uh, a couple months ago from the Pokemon Company. Real sleeper. I will say that. Pokemon Company press conferences are astonishingly boring. Oh. Like, uh, it is really just dudes talking to you with some fancy videos. And, like, they had it on Twitch. And I watched it. And I'm like, wow, this is... You have so much available to you. Um, and and But they announced Pokemon Sleep. Okay. Which is a peripheral and an app designed to change the way you sleep. Oh, dear. And the video had Pikachu in your dreams. And at first I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Did you find a way to beam Pikachu into my brain? Because I will take it. <laughs> I take Shut up and take my money. It does not appear that that is actually what they've figured out. And they haven't elaborated on what this thing is. But, like, the pictures, the video had, like... Some kind of peripheral you put on your pillow, it like tracks your sleep, or you get rewarded for good sleep, or something like that. I have no idea. I don't know how this is different than what Fitbit does, and it sounds crazy. Uh -huh. But the point is, a lot of things about Pokemon and Nintendo hardware in general sound crazy yeah. until they've happened. Like, Nintendo had, had you know, ped uh, pedometers. Like, the Pikachu 2 had, like, a tiny little LED thing. I absolutely had this in college. And it would track your steps. And you could interact with Pikachu. And it would get closer to you the more steps you had. Oh. And it was getting me to do physical activity. This was in, again, like, 99. Wow. Like, around the era of the Tamagotchi. So the Tamagotchi's just like, feed me. And the Pikachu's like, walk more. Be a healthy individual. And Pikachu <laughs> will love you. Um, so they've, they've, they've long... They have this history of kind of encouraging physical health. They take weird risks, and now there's this Pokemon sleep thing. I think they're going to continue to to throw these these sort of like yeah. Hail Mary passes and see what lands. Um, I both simultaneously I'm like what, and also like I trust them to maybe come up with something compelling. So cool, go do that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for being here. Thank you for sharing all of this with me and bringing all of your super cute things. Oh, and we ate some yummy chocolate strawberry treat daily from, is it Christmassy or is it Valentine's Day? It's like Pokemon in love. Oh, it's Pokemon, Pokemon in, love. in love. It's yeah. soups, dupes, cutes. Because lady Pikachus have a heart tail and boy Pikachus have a straight tail. Early, like if you watch the original animated series, this didn't exist yet. This like Pikachu with the heart tail thing. It's yeah. kind of retconned if you're, a, okay. if, if you're a comic book fan. Um, so it's new now, but it's clever. It's such a good design. Like they just did this one subtle little boop, thing. Boop, little boop, heart. Boop. And now they can merch the heck out of that. Go watch the first season. Go watch Indigo League. If you like cute things and awesome things, you should go watch Indigo League on Netflix or wherever it's streaming at the time you are currently listening to this. Okay. Good, wise words. Good. I liked a, a call of action at the very end. Awesome. And download trainer tips on your Alexa if you want Pokemon type reference when you're playing on your Switch. That is so cool. <laughs> and you know who to thank. Cheryl Platts. Thanks, everybody. My guest. It's been super fun. Thank you. And... Three, two, one. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. <laughs> Perfect. As promised, here is that bonus tidbit.
But real quick about farting for Alexa. Yeah. Because you mentioned, uh, dear listeners, we had a brief technical uh, snafu. And actually, what does snafu stand for? Am I using that correctly? No, that's it's a snafu. It's, it's a snafu. snafu. Yeah. Um, we had a brief snafu. But in passing, real quick, when I mentioned fart monster, um, Cheryl mentioned... Uh, Yes, <laughs> Alexa has a fart monster, not a fart monster uh, <laughs> program, but can fart for you? Yeah, I mean, so uh, we mentioned that the, there's this concept of an Alexa app called a skill. Uh-huh. And some brilliant developer, who is not me, okay. uh, realized that farts are universal mm-hmm. and they're comedic and they're great. So they created a skill called for a fart. Uh, and so <laughs> you can a- ask Alexa for a fart. You say, Alexa... Uh, or ask Alexa, ask for a fart. And when you get the app returns one of hundreds of sound effects of hundreds farts. Hundreds of farts. As far as I can tell. it's And, and they even all have names if you look in the Alexa app afterwards. <laughs> uh, so it's really, um, it's, if you have children, don't tell them about this because you'll never, ever hear the end of it. You'll never but stop. But I, I had heard through the grapevine that uh, th- it was actually one of the most popular Alexa skills, like it was top of the charts for like months and months while I was on the team. Yeah. I even heard a rumor that like Jeff Bezos was maybe a fan of the the app. I do not know one way or the other. Maybe he just had a deep respect for it being so deeply popular. <coughs> but uh, yeah, uh, farts are universal okay. and Alexa knows how to fart. 